Are you not? Uh, you dabbling in the uh, alcoholic beverages this evening? Well, I'm, I'm. I'm a bit. I'm a bit torn at the minute because um, I've just. I've just finished my dinner, and I had. I had a steak. Steak and chips. And what do you have with steak and chips? Well, eggs. I mean, normally. No, you have red wine. Oh, okay. So, so I. So I've been drinking some red wine, which uh, which I have now got in front of me. But then, like. I want to. It feels wrong drinking red wine for this. So I've got the I've got the bourbon, the bourbon. Yeah boy, here he is. Line, lined up uh, after the wine. Well, I was just I was drinking that there, and I was thinking this is going down quite nice. This, and then I realised I hadn't put any uh, any whiskey. In it. <laughs> <So it's> just, <laughs> I was just I was just drinking coke, going yeah, this is good. Yeah, it's alright. I put for school. I put some in now. It's okay. So I tell you what, after after last week's um, fun with the stealth microphone, yeah, and and it was working, but then it wasn't working. I've invested in a um, in a sub. Uh, yeah, I'll show it to you. All right, a sub zero. Look at this thing. It's called a sub zero SZSC one, which converts XLR to USB. Fucking hell, man. The education course I've been on about microphones connecting them to laptops and all this, and like you, whether it's a USB mic and XLR, all this fucking bullshit. So this, the mic, the stealth mic is a condenser mic, apparently. Yeah. I think. I'm not even sure that's true. But that means that it traditionally wouldn't be able to go to USB. So you'd need an audio interface, right? Yeah, <sighs> like this, like the Scarlet, perhaps, which uh, you have, which I, which I've got, and which we have problems with. I'm boring myself with this already, but this Sub Zero SC One, it does away with that, so it means you plug the XLR into that. Yeah, that goes into a USB lead, but because it's Apple, because it's going into a MacBook, that's not the end of it. <laughs> the USB lead then needs to go into a, a converter, oh, which then is. puts it into the whatever the USB version of, of Apple USB is. Thunderbolt, I believe it's called Thunderbolt. 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 And what I mean, what's is that? In the, is it Thunderbolt and Lightfoot? Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, yes, is a is a classic uh, Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm calling it a Clint Eastwood movie, but to be honest, the star of that is uh, Jeff Bridges, who is amazing in it. Yeah. Got a very good opening. It's very good first sight, half an hour. Brilliant, and the end is brilliant as well. I I, I realise you've never, never got that far, that but <laughs> no, no, I fell asleep. I always fall asleep. There's something very... about there's something about seventies movies that I find like really really comforting. Like, even though I wasn't around in the 70s, I don't know why. You'd think it would be more like something you associate your childhood which, with, which I guess would be 90s for me, but it's not. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's 90s. 90s. Yeah. Well, um, by, the time you, by the time you're watching films, I would have been 10 in 1991. So it, it's, I've, always, I've always struggled with this, I'm a child of a decade, because I was born in um, 76. Um, and... And I, so I'm technically, what does that, that makes me a child of the eighties, right? Well, what do you class as a child? I guess it's, it's, it's the period you can look back and remember and feel and think fondly of, isn't it? So if that's from, if that's from 10 year old, when were you born? 76. Yeah. So my first, I, I remember going to the cinema to watch E.T., which was, I think, 82. So you've been six. Good math. Yeah, I don't mess around with maths, man. I'll tell you what. So I, can count, then, I can count to 10 like that. Yeah, boy. But 70s cinema, I think, because it's definitely a genre, isn't it? 70s cinema. It's like, it's like everyone was given more, I don't know whether it's like directors or writers or what, it's like they were given more time to construct a 
you know, it, it feels like there's more depth to it. You know, things yeah. like, like, was it like all the president's men or, you know, the conversation or like Godfather, you know, all these, you know, you, you can like Serpico, um, Marathon Man, you know, there's loads of them, isn't mm, it? It's just the best period for, for movies. But that, I think that's what's relaxing about them is it, it's a proper, like, you can sit down and you can watch it. Yeah. Like, it's like a couple of hours and you sit down and you really get into it. There's no, like, oh, uh, email come through there from uh, Joe Bonamassa <laughs> saying that he's got new T-shirts out for sale. Of course he has. <laughs> I get more emails from Joe Bonamassa than I do from anyone. Because he's always selling the stuff. He like, is. Every, like at least three, four times a day, there's an email from Joe Bonamassa again. Oh, you can buy a sweatshirt with my face on it. And it's like half price. I'm like, nah, you're right, Joe. Oh, they're always like, uh, enter the competition to win one of Joe Bonamassa's guitars. And I always look at the headstock. It's always an Epiphone. It's never a Gibson. And I'm always straight in the comments section, just seeing if someone's pulled him up on that. And they usually do. It's like when you go to the, I, I think I've seen Zach Wilde's guitar in about six different like museums or restaurants. You know, Zach Wilde's Les Paul yeah, with the yeah. black and white circles. I've seen the same Zach Wilde guitar in multiple places, like all over the place. And you know that it's just a fucking like, knockoff, isn't it? And he's probably signed it up. As they walk down the the corridor, signing like twenty odd guitars. Is is he uh, good? I've heard of him, but I, I couldn't tell you what he plays or anything. I, it's funny. It's like I couldn't tell you a Zach Wilde song, but he's very much a name, isn't he? Yeah, his guitar certainly isn't it. That stupid looking, hypnotic shaped guitar, whatever it is, color. I I mean, he he came on my radar. I think when. Guns and Roses were falling apart in like the early 90s or so and he became like a name that was going to be I think like Slash's replacement or something All right. and then like at school it was like you know what would you had to have an opinion on that but I, I can't tell you Zach Wilde's song wasn't he in he's kind of been in was he not in like Ozzy Osbourne's band or something yeah, it might have been actually with Alice Cooper or something. Yeah, yeah, he's that but, that scene, isn't he? Kind of a session guy who's played with a lot of the kind of fading kind of big American acts. A fading guy, fading unlike guy. us, unlike us young bucks. Yeah, prime. We're still in our prime, mate. Yeah, but, but anyway, yeah. got just returning slightly to the seventies movies uh, theme. I think it might be because. Uh, you know, it was simpler times then. It was it was before, like, the PC stuff took over. Oh, don't go down this route. And I'll just leave don't it at that. Down that this route. That's all I'm leaving at, is it was before PC stuff took over. And, like, you know, men were proper, like, rugged in it, weren't they? And, like, it was all, it's just very comforting that that's, that's what I think it was. It was a different world, and I like that world quite a lot. That's why I find 70s movies complain. Do you like racism and sexism? No, I don't I don't like those things, but I think I think the world was a different place then, wasn't it? And it's just uh in movies it was just a simpler I don't know, more freeing, more freedom maybe. Maybe the directors and the writers have more freedom. I don't know. <laughs> No, they probably did, though, to be fair. Like, say, for example, I don't know, pick, like, a famous 70s film. I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say Scarface. is probably in the 80s, actually, Scarface, isn't it? Early 80s, but, like, a classic movie like that. You'd probably it'd get cut to bits now, wouldn't it? Stuff like that, when if it was made now by a director. Like, it probably wouldn't all get through, you know, all the, all the scenes. If it, it definitely felt like everything wasn't run by committee. Like things like Apocalypse Now would never get through. Mm, mm. And even that was cut because like now the version of Apocalypse Now is it's it's longer than the original or something, isn't it? But well fucking hell, even I mean the the Zach not the Zach Wilder, the uh 
Oh, what's the Justice League thing? That's Snyder? Is the Snyder. Snyder. Yeah. Even that got cut from a, a fairly non, uh, non-harmful non type thing. And, and now everyone's gone on about this new cut that's coming out. Well, actually, that might have been more to do with length and, than uh, anything oh, else. Yeah. But. You, you, you love all these superhero films. Uh, it, oh, I, 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 I tell you what I was going to send you. You, I mean, you won't watch it. You don't send, you don't watch anything I send you, but I was going to send you to forward, to forward it on to Cheddington. Uh, I'm fairly uh, shout, shout out to Lord Cheddington. Shout out to the Lord. Uh, <laughs> he will have probably seen it already, but it was a fan made Batman thing. You know, you know, sometimes you get these fan made kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it was kind of like an episode, maybe 25 minute episode. Like it was Batman. And it's called uh, oh, Dying is Easy or something it's called. And it came up on the old YouTubes. And I thought, oh, I'll put it on. I'll put it on, see what's happening. And it was, it's like, it's movie quality, right? But it's fan-made. It's got like, you know, Michael Madsen from Reservoir Dogs, Mr. Blonde? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's in it. And like a couple of kind of actors kind of of that kind of caliber. But it's, but it's like fan-made and it's really done really, really well. I was thought, Cheddington. This he would have kittens if he saw this, Lord Cheddington. He would definitely have an opinion on it. Oh, he'd love it. He'd love it. I'll say. So, sh- should we? Should we? Should we explain who Lord Cheddington is? Yeah, you <laughs> to, I, to, to, to both listeners. I don't really. I know, mean, but he, he won't even be listening to this, will he? They saying that I, I say that, and he he messaged me the other day, and he goes he goes you're in you're in Classic Rock magazine. I don't know why he puts on that voice for a message, but it's like you're in classic rock magazine. I'm like, I never would have had you down as a classic rock magazine reader. No. Like, oh. As he read it, or did he just stumble across our one of our feeds posts or something? I, well, I was trying to think. I think he genuinely reads it, and I don't remember telling him that that the album was getting reviewed in it. But he, he literally out of the blue messaged me. Goes, I've just seen your review in Classic Rock magazine, and, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so, I, I'm surprised that you read that magazine." Yeah, but but you know, he's a man of many surprises. He's a man of mystery. He's a man of mystery. That's uh, I think that was my last night out was with him. It was, was it? It was the it was the in between. Oh yeah, it was good. It was the in between lockdowns bit so this was oh, fucking hell when was this october time and i met up with him i was on furlough so you can meet up any time of day <laughs> i met up with him at four o'clock in the pub oh, and it was when it was when pubs were shut in a, they had to shut at nine so we were like let's meet up at four and then it got to nine o'clock and then we went to the cinema over the road and watched rocky because they were showing the original Rocky. So we then smuggled a bottle of wine each into there and just sat and watched Rocky with a bottle of wine each. And we were the only people in the cinema. Oh, sounds great. Yeah, we, we you know, we, we sat down in our seats because we'd all obviously designated seats early on. And then it got to the point, it's like, let's go and sit at the front. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. But he was one of these... He was, I've never been to cinema with someone who's like really indulged in the, um, in the confectionery and the, <laughs> and, the, and the snacks as much as him. Like, I think he had, I think he had a hot dog. He had the nat, the nachos and like, like a bag of minstrels and one of these like big, like fizzy pops as, as well as, as well as the wine. Bloody hell. You know, he's a man who, who's like, I'm doing the cinema properly. I'm doing the whole experience. Yeah. I'll tell you, I discovered this thing of getting popcorn and putting sweets on top of it in the cinema. You doing that? Do that? No, surely that. you'd put sweets at the bottom. See, what well, I what I thought you meant like see you'd take it to the counter and they say, oh, that's the big big thing of sweets rather than popcorn. No, like you get. In fact, some of them do it. Some of them give you like toppings for your popcorn, don't they? Give it something like sugar or yeah, no, no, they put like nowadays they put like sweets on. Like you get a bag of uh like a not minstrels, but like a bag of I don't know, fucking 
chocolate pretzels or something. You chuck them on the top of the, uh, what they call the American, like chocolate, uh, oh, a little like raisin, chocolate raisiny type shit. And they chuck that on top of the popcorn. You mix it all up with your popcorn. And then when you eat your popcorn, you'll get like a, like a mouth. Occasionally you get a little uh, chocolate bite in there. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. Is it good? Oh, it's a new experience. It's a game changer. But when, once you've had it, then you can't go back to normal popcorn. Then you're like, oh. But you get a lot of It's too much popcorn, isn't it? It's always the thing when the lights come up at the end of the film, when you look down and you're just covered in them. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's always those little, what they call the kernels, the little, the little seeds of it. Yeah. Yeah, boy, I love oh, a kernel. I bet you do. So today, keeping the podcast uh, going, so you may notice, uh, listeners probably can't see this, but uh, what's that there? Blank wall, isn't it? Oh, this is continuity from from last episode, isn't it? Yes. This, this is this is this is what hooks people in. Yeah, get them in. So yeah. you, you may remember I was going to order a poster because I can't have my guitars can't come this far because I'm here and I might knock one that might fall on my head or something. The, the stealth guitar. The stealth guitar. It ends at stealthness there. I tell you what, just before you get them, I had an email, not from Bonamassa, but from Gibson. Um, they don't send me these. These are just things I've somewhere in my life have subscribed to without me knowing it. And now they send me loads of emails and they bring out a stealth Epiphone. All right. Okay. Yeah, boy. And I was like, stealth is catching on. Like, since we did our podcast last week, the Gibson folks have listened to it and gone, what we need? Stealth. Stealth. <laughs> stealth yeah. Do you know what, though? The stealth is a funny one because I've been after stealth for a while. Fender did a precision, like a stealth one, a few years ago. And I always, like, always fancied it, but I never got one. And then, like, I saw this, and, and they do, Tom and do, like, a Strat version as well. And I think... I think they do a Gibson Thunderbird stealth as well. And like right. you look at the, you look at them, you're like, oh, they look cool, they look sexy, they'd be good on stage. But then when you get one, you're a bit like, uh, actually. Yeah, it's the problem with guitars, though, isn't it? Like that some like they look good in pictures. Like they, they, there's the picture part of guitar, and then there's the reality of having it and playing it, isn't it? Like and it, it's the whole problem with the Instagram generation, isn't it? It's like it's it's you know I don't know. You read like a magazine and you see all these pictures of guitars with like cuts and scrapes and scars on, and you're like, oh man, that looks so cool in a picture. How it's photographed and the lighting and everything. And then when you've got something similar and you lean it against like a washing machine, or it's like just <laughs> like <laughs> you know, you're sat in your living room like on the you know in a cheap stand it's like yeah it doesn't have the same yeah you 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 realize you've been a victim to the marketing haven't you yeah re- like relicans a funny one i go I, I would say i go back and forth i don't really know i just i think i don't like it now yeah uh, because it's all right when you first get it and do it or whatever but then eventually the tr- the trick that you're trying to play on your mind that it's old and relic and it's got that cool old school vibe that that disappears out of your mind eventually. And you really, your mind realizes it's not, it's a new guitar that you've made to look old, which is worse actually than it's less old school than having a new guitar that you haven't purposely wrecked. That's but the, the, cause I've got, um, as you well know, I've got a custom shop strap. Familiar, familiar with it. Is it relic? Is it? It's relic. Oh, it is like a light, fairly light relic, though, right? A light relic, and road road worn. I believe it might be called. But um, the it it's not just the the surface scratches. It's like the the whole thing feels old, like the feel of it, like the wood feels old. Yeah, you know, but it's still it's still artificial. And, I, and, I, and I'm now in a place where I think I just like new, shiny, brand new. Like you want, you you do want the scars to be your own scars. Yeah. You know, when when you kind of look at it and you think, 
someone has sat down and they've probably mapped that out on a computer where this like line should be and you know where this kind of fade should be and all that it kind of it loses something doesn't it but then it's the way of I don't know, it's the way of making something accessible that otherwise you wouldn't have. Well, you say that. I mean, like, Fender custom shops now. Like, I don't know. I only really know the bass stuff. I'm not really up on the guitars. But, like, like say, like, a a, a decent custom shop precision relict. Mm. You're talking three and a half grand. So yeah. you can basically, if you shop around, for maybe an extra grand, you, you could get, like, a maybe get a 60s like an original 60s one they're not even that much cheaper really gibson have started doing relics i saw recently for the first time ah interesting getting in on the act which is ironic because their whole logo thing was play authentic wasn't it a while ago yeah anyway we're, we're digressing your poster well, there's not a lot so, to say about it. Only that it's so, arrived. There we go. Well, you need to describe yeah, this because, like, on a podcast, this is... Oh, they can't see it, can they? Well, basically, oh. it's a it's a giant Abbey Road uh, poster. There it is. It's very big. Uh, it, is, it is big, isn't it? You haven't got enough space on the wall. I'm very pleased with it. It's it's the perfect size for that wall, I think you'll find. Uh, <laughs> and I, ha- I hunted down as well because you'd think it'd be easy. You'd think, surely there's going to be like a giant Abbey Road, probably every Beatles album, there's a giant poster. There isn't, you know. Mm. I hunt one down. I hunt one down that was uh, landscape size, that big. Uh, but I got one. Very pleased with it. So I'm going to get that up on the wall, probably for next podcast. So you no got, can... uh, Have you got enough blue tack? I'm going to get a frame, I think. I think I'm too old oh, yeah. I'm too old for blue tack and posters up. Yeah, you were too old about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a frame now, haven't you? When you're a grown-up, you've got to have a proper frame up. Uh, although yeah, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit worried about that wall because the weight of the guitars on there is uh, is quite substantial. I think that, that, would be, that would be a good podcast kind of storyline, <laughs> wasn't it? Next week, the picture goes up, and then the week after, you can see the bath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have... The house falls down. I was, so I was in my shop, in my local shop, with my mask on. And um, I was perusing the beer uh, fridge, as you do. And, and, and it's a big beer fridge. It's, very, it's covered, covering everyone's needs from your... From your from your connoisseur, from your hipster, to your alcoholic, to the homeless. Everyone is catered for Everyone's in this beer fridge. Perfect. I feel I feel like I'm mid middle ground. <laughs> and and as I as I get older with my, my choice of beer, I'm going off the whole craft beer thing, the our whole IPA and Halo and all this business because it, it gives you a rotten headache. Rotten headache. So I'm starting to do, I'm starting to go more the lighter beer, All right? The cause light, the bud lights, these kind of things. Which years ago I would have I would have I would have laughed if you'd yeah. suggested have one of them. Oh. 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 So, but I was in my shop and I saw I saw this. It's called Camden, which is the brewery for for both listeners if they're not familiar with London, Camden Brewery. And it's called Weeknight. <laughs> right? Is he and like... He's, called... <laughs> he's like King Arthur's worst night. The Weeknight. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Double E, as in week, Weeknight. But the night is spelled N-I-T-E. Not N-I... How do you spell night? N-I-G-H-T. K-N-I. No, N-I-T-E. Weeknight. And it says Any Day Lager. Any day, because I think they've tapped into the the lockdown market where during the week you think, oh, I shouldn't really be drinking because it's like a Tuesday. You know, I should have me drinks on me on me Fridays and me Saturdays. And then they bring this out and they go, hey, you can have a drink any day you want. So I'm going to try this now. 
It's Camden Weeknight Any Day Lager, available from my local shop. Um, it's very small. It's like a Pepsi can size. Yeah, I like that. It's it's kind of what you get if you go to Spain and that, and that. These little cans, I like these cans, just enough. See, um, you'll be uh, you'll be uh, drinking that uh, next May when the Bad Day Blues Band are on tour, I believe, in Spain. Yeah. Here we go, boy. So this is a weeknight lager. Yum yum. Yum yum. He's drinking it, listeners. He's drinking it. Oh, a little like oh. a little, little lick of the lips. What's the uh, verdict there? Instant verdict out of ten. Instant. Six. Six. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well throw it in the bin for fuck's sake. <laughs> It's all right. What percentage is it? How how alcoholic? It's um uh three, I think. Oh, it is weak. Yeah, but that's you know, that's that's it's W E A K. Weak night. Yeah. <laughs> it is weak lager. It should just be good. ditch the night. Weak just weak lager. <laughs> but you know what? I'm all right with that. It's all right. Yeah. A man, a man born in '76. I used to always like those little stubby bottles. When that was always quite weak, wasn't it? Like you know, Cheap, the little you just get two ninety nine for about thirty two bottles or something. Yeah, and they were always like three three percent or something, three and a half percent. But like nice, quite nice. You'd always you'd always know when someone had done the booze cruise, when you because you'd go around their house and they'd have like like. 300 bottles of this like yeah. beer down sass or something yeah does that still happen booze yeah because it was a big thing for a while wasn't it but I, you don't hear it so much now people they stopped it because something happened with duty I don't know there was I don't know I don't know it, it stopped because there was some change in tax that meant you didn't need to go to Paris or you don't need, you didn't go to Calais rather to, to pick up cheap booze and fags oh okay so I don't know if the booze cruise will return post-Brexit. Um, I'd like to go on a blues cruise. Never mind a booze cruise. Have you seen these well, things? What Bonamassa do does? Yeah. I, I've probably got an email waiting for me about a blues cruise from Bonamassa. I've tried pestering them a couple of times to get on it. Not interested. Keeping the blues alive. It's it's the same brand now because he's got his own label as well as his own record label called Keeping the Blues Alive. But we're, we are... The thing is, though, mate, we're we're not keeping the blues alive, are we? Because no. we are. Uh, what 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 is it? We are the everything that's wrong about music or something. <laughs> yeah. Was it? <laughs> yeah. I tell you, what, I love all this stuff. Like, uh, I I had the misfortune of seeing this band. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Was that a blues fan? Yeah, that was a blues fan, wasn't it? That was a traditional blues fan, I think. Yeah. It's like, well, why, why stay? <laughs> yeah. Like, just go. If you don't like it, just leave, isn't it? Yeah, it's I think great. that was, I'm not sure that was a genuine, I think that was another band trolling, I think. I think that's what that was. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy when you get to a point where people start trolling, though. It bothers yeah. you, though, doesn't it? Doesn't it bother you? Yeah, just a lot. Yeah. But, but like, I've had to address it in my mind because it was obviously going to become a thing. I think like I watched, I think I've told you this already. I watched, a po- you know, I watch uh, Joe Rogan's podcast and he had the singer on it from Queens of the Stone Age. Oh yeah. yeah. And he was, uh, it's not a band to be honest. I've really ever listened to. Uh, I hear good things about them, but never just not my, my thing. <laughs> I've heard uh, good things. <laughs> heard good things. They're supposed to be great, but I've, you know, I've never delved. I've never delved. Uh, but he was on about trolling and stuff. And he said he was doing the same. He said when they first started and they first started uh, like advertising and stuff and putting stuff out there and using promotion, they started getting a lot of hate and stuff. Uh, and at first he used to like respond to every comment and he used to log on and go like, uh, no, I think you'll find that the critic meant this and that the guitar was meant to be like this and you've got it wrong and it wasn't meant to be like this. And actually you'll think fine. And he used to do that and just drive himself insane uh, yeah. because people just, you know, that's what they live for. They just, they want to be the guy who kind of knows the most and 
the critic. Every, you know, it's the, it's the old saying, isn't it? Everyone's a critic. It's such a cliched, but it's so true. Everyone, everyone wants to to criticize and and feel like they know more than everyone else who's reading their comment. Uh, so you've just got to address that in your mind and say, I'm not going to pay any attention to it. Because for the, because we've never really had it before because our reach has always been so small, but as like, yeah. we've like with the album, we've like done more advertising and promotion stuff that wider net you're going to get the odd fish, which uh, is a negative fish. But it's weird. They're, <laughs> they're the ones you remember, though. That's what's weird about it. You don't remember. We've had, like, God, hundreds of people saying how awesome the new album is. But you don't remember any of them. As Sorry, listeners, if you're listening and you said it was awesome. But to be honest, you don't really, because there's so many of them. The ones that you that's, remember. That's why people say, like, never read the reviews, isn't it? Yeah. Like, because because you, you always remember the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I I I think I've said to you before. I remember like hearing. I think a guy that does like guitar demos or something, talking about it, and he was saying, and he got asked like, "How does it feel? How do you feel about trolling and all this kind of stuff?" And he goes, "He goes, if I get trolled, it means that I'm doing something right because it means that my reach is expanding." It means that I'm becoming successful enough that there's I'm starting to catch, like you say, like the the bad fish. Yeah, you know. Yeah, if it's if you <laughs> if if it's only your mates and your family looking at your stuff, then they're all going to be nice, aren't they? Yeah. It's, it's only yeah. when you yeah when you get a bit more traction, you're going to get the odd person. You know, and some people it will be genuinely they just don't dig your music or they don't like what you're doing, and that's fine, you know. But there's also it's, it's a, a weird it's a weird it's a weird thing because there's you know there's enough stuff in the world that the majority of stuff you don't like right if you look at all the music that's available in the world yeah like for you and i we only like like quite a small niche of it i'm very very eclectic eclectic you're uh... you the, you the least eclectic person <laughs> i know for years you had one cd which was i believe phil collins <laughs> Ah, oh. no! Was it? It wasn't even no jacket required. No, I think it was no jacket required for you, boy. <laughs> I think it was the best of Phil Collins. I think it's, that a, was your it's one a CD. It's a great album, to be fair. I tell you what, I, I, the best of. I agree, it's, it's a great album. But he things like no jacket required is very good. Mm. He knows how. He knows how. You know, the, there's that keyboard, that pad, orchestra keyboard sound. Yeah, like he's the king of that. Yeah, Which I like. Is ironic for a drummer. I like Phil Collins, and do you know why I like him? Shall I tell you why I like him? Because he shouldn't be a pop star, should he? If you look at him, he shouldn't be a pop star. He's the drummer, or he was a drummer to begin with, anyway. Uh, he's not particularly good looking. You know, he's short. He's a bit chubby. He just shouldn't be a pop star. And that's why I like him because he's like, he just doesn't care. And it's just, his melodies are great. He just, he's a great songwriter anyway. But he's got, he's got charisma though, isn't he? He's got, he's got, he's got a lot. Of, he's like Bob Hoskins. I always get him and Bob Hoskins in the same. Very thing. similar. Yeah. Like or is it got, like this kind of Cockney charismatic kind of like, like Wheeler Dealer type. Yeah. Didn't you know? But but he writes a good song. Like I don't know about Bob Hoskins writing, but Collins writes a good song. He knows a good melody. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he and his cover of "You Can't Hurry Love" I think is superior to the original. Fuff, mama. Yeah, boy. And I remember the video. I think I think he did it on a couple of videos where he plays every like character. Do you know what I mean? In the You Can't Hurry Love video, I think it's him singing and then it's him as three backing singers. <laughs> like, must... Maybe like one's got glasses on, one's got a moustache or something. One's got a, a, a hat with a wig, you know. He must have and had the same he... same producer that Paul McCartney had for that video. Yeah, he did. yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that's just the sign good. of an ego, isn't it? When you get someone who plays it every... Like Eddie Murphy does it in every film. Yeah. 
Yeah. I saw I saw a trailer to um Coming to America, you know, the new Coming to America. Yeah. Is it any good? And the trailer was like, oh yeah, it's all the old names. It looks all right. And then there's a clip where they're in the hairdressers and Andy Murphy's playing every character in the hairdressers, and you're like, there it is. Of course it is. There it is. Eddie, behave yourself. I don't mind Eddie Murphy's Eddie Murphy's all right, but he's kind of He's kind of heralded as one of the best stand-ups of all time, isn't he? I'm not. I'm not so sure about that, to be honest. Are you not? Are you not? You de- <laughs> Have you seen Joe Pasquale? <laughs> well, I've seen. I've seen the Eddie Murphy. The you know, like the classic ones of him. In, what's the one called where he's wearing the red, the red Michael oh. Jackson? Yeah, Raw. And that. I've seen about three or four of them. Eddie Murphy. They're pretty good. But he's not. He's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him up. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, I do know a lot about stand-up comedy, as you well know, Nick. I've uh, it's been an important part of my career path so far. Uh, but I wouldn't put him up there as one of the best. Maybe it's just com- comedy, comedy taste. I don't know. But... I don't know. I don't know. Who's who's your favourite stand-up? Apart from you. Apart from me. Because because this is probably a story for another time. But I've followed your stand-up career around multiple venues. Multiple, meaning two or three. It might have been three. I think it was three. Um, my favourite stand-up. And and before you answer, don't answer like trying to be cool, like say Richard Pryor or a classic. Just nah. who, who makes you laugh the most, even if it's really unfashionable, even it's if it's funny. Jim you Davidson. Always... <laughs> no, it's definitely not Jim Davidson. You you would like Jim Davidson. Well, seventies was a simpler time. <laughs> um, it's funny. I can I can more remember certain routines that had me like like crying, laughing. More, and 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 I can remember instances where things have really kind of made me laugh, rather than particular comedians. And there's one I can almost pick them out, like because it hasn't happened that often. I've got to, <laughs> I've got to be honest. But one is. You know Ardlo, is it Ardlo Hanlon? The the guy that plays he's in Father Ted. He plays the, the Oh young, yeah, 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 um, yeah. The younger guy in Father yeah, Ted. Yeah, yeah. And I saw him do a routine which <laughs> when I was like younger and it was he put he put, it was it was a routine based on he took a a price sticker off like a can of coke or something and put it on the fridge. And he went, look, dad, the fridge cost 50p. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, I, I was literally crying like <laughs> that. And, and I don't know why. And it's supposed to be like, like fucking 15 years ago. Yeah. I still remember this, how funny I found that. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Wow. And, um, if it tickled you. And then I t- the other one I always remember, you know, right, Michael McIntyre. Yeah, like never really got it. And then I was on an aeroplane, um, and you know when you kind of go through all the channels on the aeroplane and you run out of things because it's, it's a long flight. You, you know you've been on a plane many times, once, literally once or twice, <laughs> or twice there and back, there and back. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and I put Michael McIntyre stand up on, and, and again like. I was like, I was in hysterics. Oh, okay. And I think, I think something happens when you're flying that it, it makes your emotions all come to the surface. Cause I also on the same flight, I watched um, Toy Story three and I was in the bit, you know, you know, the bit where they go towards the incinerator. Yeah. 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 And they're yeah, all yeah. holding hands and literally mm-hmm. I started crying like at that point as well. Do you know, that is weird that you've said that. I, I, I don't know what I was watching, but yeah, I remember being on a plane and being watching someone and, and, and having a bit of a cry. That's weird that you said that. Maybe that's a thing. What is that that makes you uh, emotional? Were you watching Tony like eating his dinner or something? I can't, rem- <laughs> I can't remember what it was. So I was watching someone, but yeah, I, I remember being like going, oh, oh, I can't cry because yeah. I'm, I'm on a plane. I can't shush. Yeah, I think airplanes just do something to you. I don't know what. 
Probably because you're so close to death. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I really like Mickey Flanagan as a comedian. Yeah, but it's the old, it's got. I love it. I love it. It's like, are you out? I'm out, out. It's like, it's funny. It's like Peter Kay. It's like. I like Peter Kay as well. Yeah, but when you first watch it, it's really funny. And you're like, oh, this like, yeah, I I remember VHS. You're right, Peter Kay. I do remember VHS. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, that's that then. That's, I, I understand your routine now. Yeah, yeah. Both of those are like routine comics, and the way they, they've got that. They're not. They're not. They're not natural. Well, I guess they're naturally a little bit funny, but they're not like they wouldn't have you in hysterics just off the cuff with the Peter K. Or they're not those kind of special comedians. I always remember the thing with Peter K. Was like that when he did was it a Blackpool Tower or something? Yeah. And yeah. it was the re- it was a routine that everyone like loved. And I remember I remember like really loving that routine. I had it on DVD or something. And then he brought out another DVD, which was him doing the same routine at Wembley. And I was like, I was like, it doesn't work because I don't know, for me, comedy, it, it, it was almost like treating it like a band playing their greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You get to a bigger stage and you play the the same song, but it's to a Wandering Man. Like Wandering Man or Jump, you know, all the hits. <laughs> you know, but comedy, it doesn't work like that. Like it's like because comedy, it works if you you don't know the I don't know, it's something you gotta have a bit of surprise when you were comedy. It's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And that's when it connects and that's what makes you laugh. But if you kind of know the punchline. Yeah, it's not it was funny. like there, there was a routine that, um, oh, who was it? Um, Josh, Josh Widdicombe does about cash points. Have you seen this routine? No. Where he does this, this re- it's really funny. And it's about how when you go to a cash point in a queue and it's still thanking the person that was there before you. So you have to wait for it to finish thanking the person that's left before you can put your card in. Right. It's yeah. that, it's, it's that situation that it's in a routine. It's very funny. But then I saw him like do it like about three times and I was like, not funny anymore. Not funny anymore. Is it? I've heard this, yeah. but heard if, if you, if you were to hear hotel California three times played live, I wouldn't tire of that. It's a classic. Or would it I is a classic. I remember watching. Uh, I tell you that the stand-up I've probably seen the most is Robin Williams. Do you know Robin Williams? Um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yep, but think before that. Before he was a bit of a Hollywood sellout. Mindy. Uh, bit after that, I'm, I'm going to say late eighties, early nineties. Hunting. Yeah, probably that kind of period, I guess. Yeah, we used to have a VHS in my house, and one of it was Robin Williams live somewhere. And we hammered the shit out of that video, watched it over and over and over again. Do you remember VHS? <laughs> yeah, I remember VHS, boy. <laughs> noisy. Mr. K. Mr. K, I remember that. Uh, it was noisy, VHS. And I'm glad, I learned, I... <laughs> glad, glad those uh, days have gone. Do you remember when you first got a DVD and you were like, fucking hell quality the quality of this dvd it was, and it was always like i remember <laughs> were we living together when we first got dvds and we were like i think i got a dvd player from from comet when i was working at comet and it was like stole it it was this <laughs> potentially but it, it was like this big thing and you'd get these cheap dvds of films that you'd never watch otherwise i remember having halloween 2 <laughs> like a shit shit film and we'd sit and watch it and be like oh but the quality the quality what? of the it's like being at a cinema watching a film you don't want to watch and then you'd be like what are the extras on this um interactive extras. menus whoa <laughs> scene access scene, scene selection <laughs> wow fucking hell <laughs> yeah dvds god they've gone haven't they blu-ray <laughs> I remember the war between blue. Was it Blu-ray and what was the other one? Uh, Betamax. 
No, Blu-ray and... Oh, was it... Um... It's gone. It's gone. I can't remember now. Because, yeah. It was a big war, wasn't it? There was a big war and Blu-ray won. And I was surprised Blu-ray won because I thought their branding was rubbish and the name's rubbish. Blu-ray. It's pants. The other one was like HD video or something. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, much yeah, better. Yeah. It was much better, like yeah. more, more obvious what it was. But it lost. It lost. Oh. Do you, you know what? The, the funny thing is, is that Blu-ray is probably the last version of a physical format of a film ever ever because you don't think we'll, you don't think we'll go back to anything i can't see it with films i mean music has kind of gone back to vinyl hasn't it because because people have gone oh the quality is better but you're not going to go back from digital streaming of h eight thousand k or whatever it is back to well, vhs you say you say that i think 99% of people can't tell the difference between a vinyl and some of they listen to on their phone anyway. I think it's more they want something. They want the whole, they want the thing to collect because people are just like hoarders and collectors really, aren't we? That's what people do. So but maybe think, this think, same will happen with videos. Maybe they'll, people will start to want that kind of retro vintage thing. But the quality is not as good though, is it? Like, oh, yeah, I suppose like, there's a market for vinyl for people that really, like, for people that really kind of love, like, the whole music experience and the sound. And, you know, these are the people that spend a lot of money on speakers and all this kind of stuff. You but know, vinyl is the best thing, like, because yeah. MP3s is a condensed bit of condensed compressed, but the film, you, you're not going back from. 4k 8k what have you to vhs i think do you know i think that trend i think that trends has started like are you getting vhs's well like you know like like filters and not so much i haven't seen so much in major movies but like like definitely like music videos and stuff the trend massive trend now is make it look shit make it look yeah. like make it look like it was shot for VHS, like it's got lines all over it and it's got like kind of film tears and film burns in it. And that, how how would you consume it though? If you well, maybe, if you had to then go and put a VHS in the machine, maybe it'll become a thing. You know, someone it'll only take like one artist, like I don't Quentin Tarantino's movie. Next movie is only coming out on VHS because he's the kind of person who will do it only on VHS. And then people go, oh, shit, I'll have to buy a VHS then. And then everyone else will jump on the bandwagon. And then VHS will become like cool and retro. I can see it happening. I can see it happening. Oh, I won't be buying VHS again. Yeah, we'll, we'll have this conversation in a year's time. We'll have a wall of VHS behind him. You know, and I'll have a wall that to look at, you would think they were books. <laughs> you would think that I had a lot of encyclopedias. <laughs> oh, no. Firefox. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good game. If you do you remember Fire was it Firefox? Firefox was the Clint Eastwood. Was it Clint Eastwood? Robert Redford? It was the film about the the airplane, the really quick airplane. And it was oh, one of those films that yeah. you had to get through like an hour and a half of boring like chat to get to the bit where they got in the plane and it, and it went really quick and, and, and you'd see that. Firefox. That was, it was like Flight of the Navigator. It was like you had to get through the boring rubbish just to see the, the spaceship go quickly across fields. Yeah. Good movie, Flight of the Navigator. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Is uh, it you, know what, you know what? Actually, I watched it... Um, fairly recently and I, I i watched the whole thing it it, it I, I sat and watched it it held my attention all the way through there's scene there's scenes in it which are kind of sad like there's you know the premise is that he goes the, the boy goes to pick up his brother from something and on the way back he trips and falls and when he wakes up he's on his own in the forest he goes back to where he thinks he lives and his parents aren't there. And to him, it's like like 10 minutes later, and he goes to the house. Can you imagine like going to the house? If you're like 
like he must be like 10 at this point. And he goes back to the house where he thinks his parents are and there's strangers in the house and the house does not, is decorated completely different. And he, he runs in and he's going around the house. He goes up the stairs and there's like an old guy that's not his dad. And then they, and then he just like collapses in the middle. And he's like, these old people in the house will be like, who are you? Who are you? And then he goes to the police station and then the police take him to, they're like, he looks like this missing kid from about 20 years ago. And they take him to where his, um, where they know his parents live and they go, are you missing a boy? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And he comes out the car and he sees his parents of age, like 20 years. Mm. there's this real kind of like dark kind of darkness to it and then nasa get involved and they study him and and there's the point where he can go and return to his parents and just live with them and everything can kind of like be okay or he can risk it and kind of go back in time and go back to like like as if it never happened Mm. but there's a risk in that it's like, what would you do? Makes me want to watch it now. Is I can't remember any of that from watching it. Also, great. it's got a lot of dogs catching frisbees. Right. Well, it's a mixed bag then. Mixed bag. <laughs> flight, flight of the Navigator. I'd say eighties, isn't it? But but this is the thing. Like like we talked earlier about seventies cinema. There's definitely a genre of 70s cinema. And then there's definitely an 80s cinema genre. 90s, 90s, you could probably say. It's funny, 2000, when you get into the 2000s, I'm not sure the decades hold out as genres. Same with kind of music, isn't it? Like 60s music, 70s music, 80s, 90s, 2000s, it kind of starts to become less decade specific. But I don't know if that's because we're too close to it to want to recognise it. Yeah, it could be too close, or it could just be. You're right. We've run out of things. We've run out of ideas. We just start to replicate by that point. Maybe we're in a blues band. Yeah, we we ran out of ideas years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. Like 80s was the decade of blockbuster movies, I guess. Like when you started getting the big action movies, right? Or big action stars. With Jaws, Jaws was the first one of those, wasn't it? Jaws in 77, I think it was, was the first kind of high concept movie that became the summer blockbuster. Yeah. And then that paved the way for like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and the whole kind of Spielberg which then paves the way for everything that Lord Sheddington loves. Yeah. Yeah, before before the 80s, it was more, I guess film was more about, it was more about acting, I guess, wasn't it? And story than explosions and stuff. Maybe that was just down to like technology and they didn't have it then, did they really? It all looked a bit pants, explosions and stuff. It was all, there was no CGI back then, was there? It was all kind of real stuff. But now, I mean, this is why I never really liked Jurassic Park because like Jurassic, when everyone was going, oh, fucking, I can see a dinosaur on the screen. It's like, all I could think about was like some overweight guy, like he's drunk too much Diet Coke, sat at a computer, like programming in a T-Rex. Yeah. You know, and that was it. And I was like, it's like, you're not seeing a T-Rex. You're seeing someone who sat there putting numbers into a computer, yeah. seeing the, the output of that. So you, you would be more a fan of it being like a Jim Henson puppet dinosaur, for example, than a CGI. Even yeah, if it, it looked like, even if it looked a bit less real. Well, yeah, it would I mean I I'd I'd rather watch Sinbad. Right. Okay, interesting. Yeah. You know, with, with the miniatures and or the, the, the plasticine stop motion. Yeah, yeah. You know, Simba was quite good though, wasn't it? Seem to remember it being quite yeah. good. Yeah, I love all that. They're good old films. On a Sunday afternoon, yeah. bit of Sinbad. Yeah, I tell you what, I've been seeing a lot of like uh, 
videos with like of top 10 greatest movies of all time recently. I'll tell you one which has crept up and now seems to be in most people's, a lot of people's best ever movie ever uh, is Once Upon a Time in America. With the mouse? No, you're, the think, you're <laughs> thinking of Five or Goes West or something, aren't you? <laughs> I know what you're thinking of, the one with the mouse and the, the cartoon one. Not that, no. Not that one. The Once Upon a Time in America. I'm uh, not, is that the Daniel Day-Lewis? I've not seen that. I believe it's Robert De Niro. Uh, it? it was a long time ago I've seen it. But everyone says that's, or a lot of people are saying that's, that's a classic uh, and definitely in the top 10. Uh, interesting how trends change because it was always Citizen Kane, wasn't it? Best ever movie ever. Yeah, I've never got all the way through. The fact, I've always, for a long time, I remember it being Shawshank Redemption. Interesting. Yeah. Like, and everyone used to, like, in every, because I used to read a lot of Empire and Total Film and all these, and in all the top charts, they'd always have Shawshank in the top, like, three. And I remember at the time, like, thinking Shawshank is great. Like, Shawshank's a brilliant film. But now, I, I wouldn't watch it now. I wouldn't put it on now. No, it's Morgan Freeman's just fucking annoying, isn't he, with his voice? I guess at the time it was a bit, he wasn't doing it in every movie, doing his voiceover thing. And it was... Uh, it is, It is. yeah, it's become a bit of a cliche, hasn't it? The Morgan Freeman narr the narrator role. Yeah, just annoying now. It's all right. I mean, Shawshank's pretty good. It's not the best movie ever made, is it? But I guess it depends I'll what you it. like out of a movie, doesn't it? Really, what you want out of a film. I tell you, I tell you, the film I prefer to that now is um, Sleepers. Is it Sleepers? Sleepers. Yeah. Where the kids get have to go to prison because it, they have an accident with an ice cream, a hot dog bending thing or something. Is it Kevin Bacon in that? I Kevin Bacon's the prison warden. Uh, it's, a yeah. hard, it's a hard watch, but it's... it's. I'd rather sit and watch that than Shawshank. I think that's coming on Netflix. I saw it advertised the other day. They're going to put that on Netflix in the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, I'll give that another watch. So, remember it being yeah. good. A good prison drama. Love movies. Love movies. The, what's your favourite movie? It's still One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's still my favourite. Is movie. it still? Yeah, it's just... It's more It's more him, to be honest, isn't it? It's just... It's just someone at the at the absolute peak of, of what they were meant to do. He was meant to be an actor, wasn't he, Jack Nicholson? And he's just... He's given the freedom to do what he wants in that movie. The script's great. It's perfect role, perfect casting. And he's just at the peak of him being Jack Nicholson. Just everything, the stars aligned with that movie, and he's just amazing to watch. First time I watched that was with you. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. First time is when <laughs> when I used to come around your flat on a Friday night to avoid my <laughs> to avoid my flatmate. Because <laughs> he used to get home really drunk and like be really annoying on a Friday. So he used to come and stay with you on a Friday night. And I remember coming around to yours one night. And you'd be like, I've got this. Let's watch this. And I was like, this is very good. It's it's, it's still the only movie I've watched once, then then immediately put it put it back on and watched it through again. And yeah. I, I, think, I think I did have a little tear the first time I watched it. I had a little cry because it's quite a sad kind of ending. But I've yeah, never done that sad. with a movie that I felt I'd immediately got to put it back on. No, I don't think I've ever done that. I think I've seen movies that I've gone like, all right, I'm going to come back next week and watch that, like at the cinema or something. I've done that a couple of times. But, I'm uh, not sure I've done that either. Yeah, a lot of 70s movies I've rewatched loads. There's just more to them, isn't there? You need a movie with a bit of detail to rewatch, don't you? Like, I love all the blockbuster stuff. Don't get me like the, all the new stuff. Is great. I love it, like a big cinema event, like a big Marvel movie or something. Is great, but you can really only watch them once, can you? And then that's it. You've done it, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, the films I used to watch on repeat as a kid, I, I would still sit and watch now, which are the old kind of the classic eighties, like Spielberg, Lucas, um, 
Back to the Future would go into that category. Oh, that's that's got to be in a, in the top ten. Back to the Future, the first one. The you know the reason I know how to play the intro to Johnny Be Good is because <laughs> of the VHS of Back to the Future, and I used to sit there with my Spanish acoustic guitar, and I used to sit because when he plays the song at the end, for the first like minute of it it's actually he, he's actually playing it and then it goes into the crazy solo stuff which isn't him where he's kind of all finger tapping and stuff like that that's, that's not him but he was playing the riff and i used to sit there and watch it on pause and rewind it watch it again and then literally sit and copy every like finger movement because it didn't have the internet we didn't have the youtubes back then it was like the only way you could learn was either going to the library and getting a tab book or by like the, by watching a video. And so I sat and watched it and watched it, watched it to the point where if ever I sat and watched the whole film through, when it got to that point, it would all go a bit like gray <laughs> because the tape was so knackered. I had a similar experience with Batman Returns. Oh, you dirty boy. Dirty boy. Yeah, keep that boy. in the podcast. In your yeah, keep that in there, boy. <laughs> you know what? I was... I'll tell you what, I always think of Back to the Future 2 because I saw Back to the Future 1 at the cinema and then Back to the Future and I and Back to the Future 1, I was, I must have been 10. And then Back to the Future 2, there was a gap between 1 and 2. And by it came to, when it came to 2, I could go to cinema like, like without being accompanied. I could go with my friend. So me and Chris Davies went to Back to the Future 2. Shout out, and it was, Chris Davies. Shout out, Chris Davies. I bet he's in trouble now. He was troublesome <laughs> back then. I bet he's, he taught me how to go up to like at the age of like 13, 14, that it was funny to go up behind old, old, old people in the street and clap behind their heads. Hilarious. It's quite pretty funny to be fair. That's what he used to do. And, and, and as, a, as a young, naive, vulnerable child, I used to find it funny. And he just did it. He'd just like go up behind and go. <laughs> God, I bet they didn't find it funny. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. No. Can you imagine just walking along the street and then like a little 12-year-old comes up behind and goes. I'd, I'd punch him if that was me. Yeah. But anyway, that was Chris Davies. And me and him, and this was pre- um, multiplex so there was it was the Odeon in Southend or it was the ABC I think it was in Southend and they had two screens and they wouldn't put it on both screens because that was stupid so it was only on one screen and you had to go and queue up to get in do you, do you remember you know this yeah and I remember I remember there's wind there's shop windows that I I could describe to you now in Southend on the block of the cinema because you used to stand outside a queue for ages to get in. And you didn't even know if you'd get in because was... you didn't even know how many seats they had. So you, you could get to the front of the queue and they'd be like, it was sold out. And you'd just be like, oh, just go home. What were you queuing up for? I've never queued up in a cinema like that, I don't think. Back to the Future 2. All oh, right. Bloody hell, it must have been popular then, in South End. Yeah, it was big. And then it wasn't very good. <laughs> It's the same. It's the same script as the first one, isn't it? I think. Oh, it's just the it's just the clips. They've just repeated the clips of the first one, haven't they? Yeah. There's the good bit where it goes a bit dark. There's the good, when it's all based on like Donald Trump or some shit, apparently. But it, when he goes uh, into like, yeah. the bad, the bad past or the bad future, that that's like interesting. But yeah, for the most part, it's it's pretty shit. Or oh, apart from the very end, the very end is very good when when Doc's up in the car, up in the sky, and he gets struck by lightning and he disappears. And then a postman turns up. Yeah, yes. Goes, I've got a letter uh, for you. Yeah. And then it's from the... That's... I like that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the good movies. The first one's just... It's just brilliant, isn't it? It's just really well made and everything. The oh, script. It's perfect. It, it's perfect. bordering. It's one of the movies that you can re-watch the most ever, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know why that is, but you can rewatch it tons. Yeah. Uh, always makes you think of Shreddies as well. <laughs> because it was when cereal, you used to get free stuff with cereal. 
Oh, and they had a Back to the Future promo. I vaguely yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I remember just eat, eating loads of shreddies to like collect some stickers or something. The busiest I've ever been to a cinema was to see, I think it was Casino Royale. David Niven. No, the, uh, the uh, whatever he's called, the newer one. Uh, Daniel Craig version. It was rammed. That was the busiest I've ever seen a cinema. I think out of queue then. It's not very good, is it? I can't remember, to be honest. It's, it's, just, the... it's just sat playing like playing cards a lot, isn't it? Uh, there's a I good just remember a lot, lot of set playing cards. There's a good car scene in it, isn't there? I don't mind Daniel Craig, he's all right. I quite like his Bond movies. I'll I'll watch the next one when it, whenever it comes out. Skyfall was good, yeah. Goldeneye was one of the best recent Bond. I'm saying recent, it's not recent at all, isn't it? is it? Now? It's it's Brosnan. That was about 1990, yeah, 90s, early 90s, I think, it was Goldeneye. Great. Sean Bean's great in it. You, great you, computer game. Yes, yeah. It had longevity, that computer game. Yeah. Uh Sean Bean is in you're not you're not onto this yet, either Snowpiercer. You're not watching this on Netflix? Oh, I've I've seen it. I've not watched it, no. Good. It's is very that, good. It's about a train, and it? it's based on what's his name's film. I I try to watch the film. That it's it's inspired by. I haven't seen the film. Uh, I just went straight into the series, but the first series is like pretty good. It's very it's it's a similar kind of vibe, you know, like The Walking Dead. I don't know if it's produced by the same people. It's yeah. got that kind of same vibe of like I think one of the main characters is from The Walking Dead, and it's got that kind of same kind of cliffhanger type thing to make you watch it. But the second series, Sean Bean comes in as the baddie, and he's just great. Right, I think is that's that... us. That that's got to be us. That's got to be an hour. It's over an hour of gold. I'll see you whenever. Say <laughs> so, whatever, 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 whatever. I'm not bothered. Not bothered.